we're drawing towards the end of our, of our series on Philippians, and uh, we've got a couple more weeks on this, um, this letter that was written by Paul to the church in Philippi, and um, I'm going to just share a couple of verses with you this morning from Philippians chapter 4, um, and just two verses really, uh, verses 6 and 7, two of my favorite verses in the Bible, um, and it says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As Philippians 4, 6 and 7, I'll, I'll read it again uh, for you. Do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever had one of those days when nothing goes right? Or or maybe you've had one of those weeks, or one of those months, or one of those years, and uh, everything seems to go wrong, and you just think, oh, I just need to go back to bed. Um, There was a man called Brian Heiser, this true story, um, based in Utah in USA. And uh, he had a very bad day uh, one day. First of all, his apartment flooded from a broken pipe in the apartment above him. And his manager, when he rang him, told him to go and rent a water pump and to pump out the water. That's when he discovered his car had a flat tire so he changed it and he went inside again to phone a friend for help and while he was standing in the water he got an electric shock so bad that he accidentally ripped the phone off the wall and by the time he was ready to leave again water damaged had swelled his door uh, tight shut and he couldn't get out of the apartment so he had to yell to a neighbor who came over and kicked down the door and while all this was going on somebody stole his car And however, it was out of petrol, so he found it a few blocks away. But he still had to push it to a petrol station. And that evening, he attended a military ceremony at his university, and he injured himself somehow very severely when he sat on his bayonet, which the guy who had stolen his car had tossed in the front seat. And doctors were able to stitch up the wound, but nobody was able to resuscitate Heiser's four canaries that were crushed by falling plaster from the wet apartment cement while he was away. And when he got home, he slipped on the wet carpet and injured his tailbone. And Heiser began to wonder if God perhaps wanted him dead but just kept missing. (laughs) (laughs) You ever had a day like that? Maybe maybe not that extreme. Or periods of your life where you just feel, feel overwhelmed, probably is the word, overwhelmed. And when you do, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel stressed out, when you feel at the end of your rope, when you are anxious, when you are full of anxiety, what do you do? The Apostle Paul writes to these believers in Philippi, 
who have faced considerable hostility from those outside the church. They're facing considerable persecution and opposition and difficulty, but they've also faced disharmony and disunity within the church, as we were looking at last week. And Paul writes from a prison, a place of imprisonment, and he's facing possible execution. So that's the scenario of his letter. And he says, do not be anxious about anything. We might read that comment, that command, and we might think, fat chance. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Do not be anxious about anything. Now, our sources of anxiety are are many. Uh, There's many sources of things that make us anxious. If, If we were to travel back in time, maybe 800 years or so, we would realize that most people in Europe only worried about their local situation. They only knew about their local situation. So their worries, their concerns were pretty much about the village in which they lived, their immediate family and people they worked with. They weren't called to worry in any way about the international events, about the global village that we live in. You, You didn't know back then, a few hundred years ago, you didn't know about a shooting in America or a bombing in some other country, or a famine, or war across the world, or genocide, or inequalities of wealth, or social scandals, global warming, international currencies, energy supplies. You didn't worry about those kind of things. You just didn't know about them most of the time. Now we have, um, we have the internet, and we have 24-7 news, and we have social media, and we have fed a constant diet of news and views framed in such a way as to maximize circulation and response. We can go on our phone or our tablet at any time of day or night, and we do, and we can read and read and read and watch and listen, and this is called doom scrolling. Do you ever doom scroll? You read one thing after the next after the next, You find your anxiety levels rising, your depression increasing as you read about the state of the world and the way that and where we find ourselves. Just on the day that I was putting this message together on my iPad, I looked at one of the headlines in the newspaper and it said, World War III is far more likely than anyone is prepared to admit. And that's just one of the pieces of bad news. And of course, our worries, our anxieties, they're not not limited to international affairs. Uh, We have uh, personal and cultural and political concerns that are constantly heralded and announced and analyzed and regurgitated in the newspapers and on our televisions. And then... Forget all that, all that. We have a regular parade of pressures in life that just kind of hit us. You know, we have, we have car troubles and we have conflict with colleagues at work and we have impending exams and we have expectations of family and friends and we have health issues and we have aging parents and rebellious teenagers and not any of these, of course, but um, <laughs> we have... Bereavement, we have financial insecurities. I could really have carried on with that list, but I was starting to make myself feel anxious as I wrote it. (laughs) 
And then, of course, there are times in our lives where we feel anxious and we don't even know why we're anxious. We have the knot in our stomach. We have the feeling of sickness. We have the loss of appetite, or for some of us, the increase of appetite. We have the lack of sleep. And so Paul comes and he says, do not be anxious about anything. And we think, you are having a laugh. How is that even possible? Have you got any better ideas? What do you suggest I do? Well, I'm glad you asked, says Paul, because here's what I think you should do instead of being anxious. Instead of staying in your anxiety or, or swimming in it or going underneath it, this is what I think you should do. Instead of spiraling down in the whirlpool of worry that is your life, I, I think that instead of worrying and turning things over and over in your mind in a negative downward spiral, I think instead of doom scrolling, I think you should pray. And if you can worry, you can meditate and you can pray. And so Paul, it doesn't stop at the end of that line, do not be anxious about anything, full stop. But he gives us, he gives us an alternative, he gives us an instead of. So he says, do not be anxious about anything, but instead, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. The message version says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. So the Bible gives us two alternatives. You can worry or you can worship. You can uh, have anxiety or you can adore God and you can ask God about those things. You can have panic or you can have prayer and pray, praise. Now, of course, this is a big area. I'm aware of that. And this verse is, is not just about the Bob Newhart School of Counseling. Just stop it. Uh, if you've never seen that sketch by Bob Newhart on counselling, look it up. But he just basically just says, just stop it. Whatever your problem is, just stop it. And it seems at first glimpse that this is what Paul is saying. Just stop it. <laughs> Don't be anxious. And you, and you think, well, how am I supposed to do that? But it's, it's not what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying really is the art of displacement. He's saying, let, let prayer displace worry at the center of your heart and your life. So where you are anxious, let, let prayer displace that. Put prayer in place of it. Instead of worrying, worship. Instead of panicking, pray. Instead of, instead of anxiety, ask and adore God. And, and present your request to God. How do you get from anxiety at the start of this verse to peace at the end of it? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is above our ability to understand or grasp. How do you get from being in a place of anxiety to being in a place of deep peace? Isn't this what so many people are promising us through wellness and well-being and meditation and, and, and through numerous channels to offer us a sense of peace and well-being? But, but Paul says, if, if you want this Peace, if you want to move towards this peace, then it, it travels through the place of prayer. 
Prayer and worry are like fire and water. I have yet to meet a chronic worrier who has an excellent prayer life. And the way, the way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. You remember MC Hammer? You got to pray, pray just to make it today. And so we read in Psalm 55, verse 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be forsaken. Or we read in um, 1 Peter 5, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And in Matthew chapter 6, we have Jesus teaching on anxiety and worry and prayer. And Jesus teaches into these areas um, and he gives us what is a strong antidote for anxiety. He presents an argument from the lesser to the greater. So what he says is, he says, if, if God, your Father, if he cares for the birds of the air, if he sees when one of those birds falls to the ground, if God cares for my Father, if he cares for the flowers that you see and, and dresses them in all of their glory and their beauty and he knows all about them, if he cares for those, if he cares for the birds and he cares for the flowers, how much more, Jesus says, starts to extrapolate it from there, from the lesser to the greater, how much more will your Father in heaven look after you? How much more will he take care of you? How much more does he know about your circumstances and your situation? And how much more can you bring your worries and concerns to him? And so Jesus said in his teaching there in Matthew 6, he said, therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Jesus says that don't worry about, about tomorrow. And he also says, which of you by worrying can add a single minute or hour to your life? You can't extend your life by Worrying. Corrie ten Boom, it was, that said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And so we live in today. Jesus said, live in today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. And then he said, look, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things that you're worried about will be added to you. My Father knows that you need them. Go into your room, close the door, speak to your Father in heaven, and he hears you, and he will answer you, and he cares for you. I was talking this week to various people about this passage and, and asking them how they deal with anxiety in their own life, how they pray and and all of us do it in different ways. For one person, it was going on regular dog walks and getting out into nature and praying to God and talking to God and passing over all of this anxiety about real-life issues to God as they walked. Someone else, it was middle-of-the-night prayer where they couldn't sleep and they would get up and they would go and they would kneel and they would pray and they would lift up to God the things that were keeping them awake at night. For others, it's journaling and writing. Uh, I find that very helpful to take my anxious thoughts and to turn them into prayers. 
And I do that by writing them down. And I, I flick through, even this morning, I flick through my, my journal and I see prayer after prayer after prayer. I went a year ago and around Easter time, I looked at the things that I was writing before God and I was casting my cares on him and my anxieties on him and my troubles and telling God about them, turning these anxious, real worries and thoughts and concerns, turning them into prayer and writing them down. And, and for, for us all, it might be different ways, but another person said they, they live in the fullness of today. They live today for everything that today has and is and try not to worry about tomorrow and this was Jesus' teaching, is, is living in the now. It's mindfulness before mindfulness became popular. It's, it's living in this moment, in this day. Jesus said each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week or next month or next year. But, but cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. And we're to do this, Jesus, uh, Jesus said it, but Paul said it as well, we're to do this with thanksgiving. Our, our prayers, as we, as we turn our anxious thoughts towards God, are to be done in a, in a place of gratitude. There's, there is a direct correlation between gratitude and thanksgiving and joy and peace. If you want to live a joy-filled life, if, then gratitude and thankfulness have to be an everyday part of your life. If you want a peace-filled life, then, then, then gratitude and thankfulness have to be an everyday part of your life. It's to give thanks for what you have, to give thanks for God's provision. We've been singing this morning in, in, uh, through the song Amazing Grace, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. And it's grace that's brought me this far, and it's grace that will lead me home. And, and to thank God for what he has done, to thank him for his faithfulness, to thank him for his goodness, for every good and perfect gift which comes from him, for he is the father of lights. And, and Paul said, I, I, I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to live an anxious life, but I want you to turn your anxious thoughts into prayers, however that works for you. And I want you to do that with thanksgiving. I want you to thank God for what he's done and for what he's doing, and to thank him that he will answer you. He will answer your prayers. It's like the joke um, about the dog that walked on water. We've told this one before, but it's a, a duck hunter needed a new bird dog, so he found a dog that could actually walk on water to retrieve the duck. And shocked by his find, he was sure that none of his friends would ever believe him that he had a dog that walked on water. So he decided to try to break the news to a friend of his who was a true pessimist negative person, ungrateful person, and he invited him to hunt with him and his new dog. And as they waited by the shore, a flock of ducks flew by. They fired, and the duck fell. And the dog responded and jumped into the water. The dog, however, did not sink, but instead it ran across the top of the water, and it picked up the duck, and it brought it back to its owner. The friend, the miserable friend, saw everything and didn't say a single word. And on the drive home, the hunter asked his friend, did you notice anything funny about my new dog? I sure did, responded his friend. He can't swim. <laughs> and some of us are, are like that. We can grasp defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> we can see the glass half empty every time. 
And if we get into that attitude, that spiral, that downward spiral of negativity and a critical spirit or an ungrateful spirit, Paul says, I want you to present your request to God, but do it with a place with thanksgiving and gratitude. Let your heart be filled with gratitude and, and live a life like that. And in response, God's promise to us is his peace. And it's peace that will stand guard. The, the Greek means to stand sentinel, to stand guard over our hearts and our minds. Peace, it's a peace of God that is above understanding. So it, any, what, what we can understand, what we can see, what we can grasp about a situation, what we can work out, it's a peace that is above that, that, that blankets that, that transcends understanding. Paul promises this kind of shalom, this kind of peace, this kind of well-being that will guard our hearts, that's our emotion, our emotional life, and our minds, our thought life, where we are tormented by thoughts, by, by worry in our minds, and going over things in our thinking, fixations. And, and, and Paul says, if, if you do this, if you take your anxious thoughts, if you turn them and form them into prayers and present your petitions to God, and, and if you do that with thanksgiving, then this peace of God, which is above all understanding, which will be above and beyond your ability to think or reason or understand, will guard, guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. When you put your cares in God's hands, he puts his peace in your heart. When you give your cares to him, he gives you his peace in return. And so a parallel verse to this would be Colossians 3.15, which says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You were called to this. You were called to live a life of peace, and be thankful. So bring your prayers and petitions with thanksgiving. And the two cast your cares scriptures on the Lord tell us this. They tell us that God cares for us. Cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. That's what Peter wrote. Have you ever had a favorite, a favorite teacher or a favorite grandparent or a parent or an older, wiser person, or somebody that we can go to, that we feel they have a level of wisdom, they have a, a level of uh, safety, they, they are just people that after we've talked to them, we feel, we feel better, we know they love us, we know they care for us, we know they give us good advice. And Peter says, I want you to cast your cares, I want you to take what's making you anxious, and I want you to cast those things on God, because He cares for you. God cares for you. He cares, Jesus said, he cares for the birds and he cares for the flowers of the field. But so much more, he he cares for you. He loves you and he's intimately concerned about your life. And so we can bring anything and everything to him because he cares. You know that joke when somebody's talking to you about something you're not really interested in and you say, well, You're confusing me with somebody that cares. 
But God does care. God truly cares. And the command of Scripture is to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And the other cast your cares on the Lord Scripture found in Psalm 55, 22 is, is a promise. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will hold you up. He will never let the righteous be forsaken. He will be with you. He will help you. And what struck me as I read through my journal this morning from a year ago is to see the care of God, is to see the provision of God, is to see the comfort of God, the help of God. And as we look back, many of us on our lives, as we've cast our cares on the Lord, as we've come to him because we know he cares for us, and as we've come to him because he know, we know he sustains us and he answers us, as we come to him as we know the promise of Hebrews that he rewards those that earnestly seek him, as we come to him with faith, we can see that we have a God who cares for us and who loves us. So we sing this song, and we're going to sing it in a moment, but it's the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What a privilege it is to be able to do this and to take whatever it is, whatever it is, your workplace, your relationships, your heartfelt emotions, your conflicts. And the song goes on and says, what peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear, we carry ourselves, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged, but we should take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. This is a beguilingly simple verse in many ways. It it confounds us in some ways as we first read it. When we think, do not be anxious about anything, it seems almost impossible to live. Because, of course, we struggle, all of us, at some level with anxieties and worries and concerns. But Paul offers us a, a moment of displacement. He said, instead of worrying, I want you to worship. Instead of panicking, I want you to pray. Instead of uh, being anxious, I want you to ask and to adore God. And I'm telling you that as you do that, then you will find anxiety being displaced by peace. It may take a little while and it may be processed with other people, but, but you will find increasingly peace displacing worry at the center of your heart and your life. And so the message version, the way that Eugene Peterson paraphrased this was this. He said, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. And it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life.
Now, I think many of us would be on different places of a scale of, of anxiety this morning and have different concerns. But every one of us can bring those to the Lord, cast them on the Lord, and know that he cares for us and he will sustain us. So I'm going to ask the band to come back up and we're going to sing in a few moments this song, um, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. But I would love to pray uh, for you this morning. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you need to cast upon the Lord. If there's anything that you need to turn from a place of anxiety to prayer. I'd like to give you a few moments to do that this morning. And to present your request to God. So let's pray. As you sit in quiet this morning, what is it that rises to your mind, to the surface of your heart, your life? What is it that's causing you anxiety at at this time? What is it that you would like to just place in God's hands? If God cares about the birds of the air and the trees and the plants of the field, he certainly cares for you. And, And he said, Jesus said, look, if you seek first my kingdom, and my righteousness, all these things will be taken care of, will be added unto you. So Father, as we sit in your presence, as we come to a Father that cares for us, we cast our cares on you. Maybe you pray where you are, just present those requests to God. Cast your cares on him, your worries, your anxieties. Lord, we present our requests to you. Lord, we come with thanksgiving and we thank you, God, that you have never failed us. You will sustain us. You have never let the righteous fall. So we place our trust in you this morning. We place our confidence in you. And I pray, Lord God, that anxiety will be displaced by the peace of God. That the peace of God will guard our thought life and our hearts, our emotional life in Christ Jesus this morning. And increasingly, God, as we turn our anxious thoughts to prayers, I pray that, Lord, we will live a life of peace, that the peace of Christ will rule in our hearts. For we were called to peace And Lord, that we would be thankful. We would live thankful and peace-filled lives. We pray this, Lord, in your name, in the name of Jesus. I pray this will be a reality in our lives. 
And in this week, we pray in your name. Amen.